0: The one who's in us. greater is the one who calls our name, he will never fail. Stronger is the one within.
1: Children's message. <laughs> Last song we just sang. Open up our eyes, and if your eyes are open this morning, uh, you'll notice that we have back within our midst our drummer Tony Fulgar. Yeah. Returning from his many travels to Australia, New Zealand, Philippines. He's he's Korea. Oh, okay, layover, okay. He was preparing for the Olympics, I guess, yeah. So Tony has a big smile on his face, happy to be, have those drumsticks in his hand again. All right, good to have you back with us, Tony. Good morning, children. How are you? Children and youth, uh, beloved of God, claimed by God, named by God. Yeah, that's that's all you, that's good, huh? Uh, Well, today, we just sang that song, Open Up Our Eyes. Did you sing that? Yeah, Open Up Our Eyes. And this season, do you remember what it's called? January? Yeah, that's good. You're right. I can't say. Winter, okay. Season of the church year. How about that? Yeah, I mentioned it to you last Sunday. I'm surprised you don't don't remember that. Um, (laughs) This is the season of epiphany. Say that with me. Epiphany. And epiphany is like a, ah, I've had an epiphany. I've had a, my eyes have been opened, right? Something has happened. Your eyes have been opened to something new or you're reminded of something that you had forgotten and it came to you. So in the season of epiphany, epiphany, the light shines on Jesus. We see Jesus in new light. Our eyes are opened. So that opening song that we just sang, open up our eyes a good song to sing during this season of Epiphany. Last Sunday, if you were here, do you remember that Jesus uh, was at a wedding and Jesus, uh, they had run out of something. Do you remember what it was? Ran out of wine, that's right. And Jesus did what? He turned water into wine. Very good, that's right. So he, he provided, and Jesus provided abundantly, overflowing like a whole bunch, okay, which is what God's heart of love is for you. God has abundant, overflowing love and care for you, um, for all of God's people. And if there's one thing that bothers God, if there was one thing that angers God, we see that this morning, and that is when someone stands in the way of God's overflowing love, if someone puts barriers up so that that love uh, is prevented from getting to the people that God loves. Does that make sense? So, so God wants, for instance, uh, you to share His love with others. God wants His love to go into you and go through you to others. And when something prevents that from happening that makes God angry, okay? That, that hurts God's heart. So this morning in, in the scripture that we're going to read here in church, Jesus goes into the temple of his day, which is like a church, and he sees stuff going on that makes him very angry because what's happening is the people are being, are being hindered from coming to know God's love and God's care for them, okay? So all this to say, God loves and cares for you very much, and he wants to have you be the messengers of that love and care for other people too, okay? So let's have a prayer together, and I'll send you on your way. Dear God, thank you for your amazing grace for me. Help me to do my best to share that amazing grace grace with others. others. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming up, you guys. The pre sermon sermon. I invite you to stand as we continue with our prayer of confession and word of forgiveness. Let us join our hearts together in prayer. (coughs) Almighty God, merciful Father, I confess before you today in the presence of this community of faith that I have sinned against you in my thoughts, with my words, and by the way I have lived my life. In all these ways, I have done less than what you desire and command. I am sorry for my sins. Help me to see that my sin hurts not only others and myself, But to you, most of all, forgive me, I pray, for the sake of Jesus, your Son. Renew me and lead me in your perfect way. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, and for his sake forgives us all our sins. As a minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. We continue with our next song, Ancient of Days.
0: Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Ancient of Days. From every nation, all of creation, bow before the ancient of days. Every tongue in heaven, heaven, shall declare your glory. Every knee shall bow. of days, from every nation and all of creation, thou before the ancient of days, every tongue in heaven and earth shall declare your glory, every knee shall bow at your throne, Shall reign over all the earth. Sing unto the ancient of days. For none can compare to your matchless word. Sing unto the ancient of days.
1: Paul shares with us in scripture every tongue in heaven and earth shall declare your glory every knee shall bow at your throne and worship we do this because of what Christ has done for us redeemed
0: seems like all I've See was a struggle goal. Haunted by ghosts that live in my past Bound up in shackles of all And said to me, son, stop fighting the fire. It's already been won. I am redeemed. You set me free. So I'll shake off these heavy chains. To wipe away and stain, cause I'm not who I used to. You set me free So I'll shake off these heavy chains Wipe away every stain Now I'm not
1: 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the Apostle Paul writes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. We are redeemed in Christ Jesus our Lord. We continue with the prayer of the day. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal Lord, your kingdom has broken into our troubled world through the life, death, and resurrection of your son. Help us to hear your word and obey it, so that we become instruments of your redeeming love. Through your son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We continue with the reading of God's Word for today. Our lector this morning is Colin Campbell. Good
2: morning. Good morning. Good morning. Our, first, our first reading from God's Word is from the book of Second Kings, chapter 23, beginning at verse 1. The reading begins on 411 of the Red Bibles. As people of the Word, please follow along with me. In this passage, a renewal of the covenant between God and his people is conducted by King Hosiah. His reform required major renovations in the temple, more than a little spring cleaning was necessary. 2 Kings 23, verses 1 through 7. Then the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord of, with, with the men of Judah the people of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets, all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in the hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands, statutes and decrees with all his heart and all his soul thus confirming the words of the covenant written in this book. Then all of the people pledged themselves to the covenant. The king ordered Hilkiah, the high priest, the priests next in rank, and the doorkeepers to remove from the temple of the Lord all the articles made for Baal and Asherah and all the starry hosts. He burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron Valley and took the ashes to Bethel. He did away with the pagan priests appointed by the kings of Judah to burn incense on the high places of the towns of Judah and on those around Jerusalem, those who burned incense to Baal, to the sun, and to the moon, to the constellations, and to all the starry hosts. He took the Asherah pole from the temple of the Lord to the Kidron Valley outside Jerusalem and burned it there. He ground it into powder and scattered the dust over the graves of the common people. He also tore down the quarters of the male shrine prostitutes that were in the temple of the Lord, the quarters where women did for Asherah. Here ends the first reading. Our next reading is from the Apostle Paul's first epistle to the believers in Corinth, chapter 6, beginning at verse 19. The reading begins on page 1197. In this passage, the apostle reminds Christians of the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own, you are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Here ends the second reading.
1: Thank you, Colin. I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel today. The Holy Gospel for this Sunday, according to St. John, the second chapter, beginning with the 13th verse. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem in the temple courts, he found men selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple area, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, Get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? His disciples remembered that it is written, "'Zeal for your house will consume me.' Then the Jews demanded of him, "'What miraculous sign can you show us "'to prove your authority to do all this?' Jesus answered, "'Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days.' The Jews replied, "'It has taken 46 years to build this temple, "'and you are going to raise it in three days?' But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Now while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many saw the miraculous signs he was doing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all men. He did not need man's testimony about man, for he knew what was in man. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Dearly beloved of God, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Just a few weeks ago, as we started into John's Gospel in this year, 2018, uh, we heard Jesus say to a man named Nathanael, You shall see greater things than these. Uh, That verse is a good verse for us all as we go through this season of Epiphany, as we have our eyes opened to these greater things about Jesus, and as we come to know more about him are drawn into a deeper relationship with him and a greater faith. Last week, we witnessed the first of his miraculous signs pointing to who he is and the role that he would play. It took place in Galilee, John tells us, and he tells us that two times in that passage, where in a rather private setting of a wedding, Jesus turned water to wine. He displayed an abundance of God's grace. And the disciples put their faith in Jesus. So these great things happened up in Galilee, but what would happen when Jesus would make his way to Jerusalem, up to the temple of God? Would he find there an abundance of grace as well? Well, that is hardly the case. If the wedding at Cana in Galilee was a private miracle, Known by the servants who had drawn the water, the disciples, by Jesus, and by his mother, this event in the Jerusalem temple would be most public. Suffice it to say that what Jesus found there in the temple, in his father's house, was not at all pleasing to him. Enough was enough. He saw, he determined, and he acted decisively. For there are some things you just don't do in his father's house. Let us pray. Once again, O Lord, our God, we thank you for this place where we can gather together in your name. And we pray, O Lord, that as we do meet here today, that you would open our eyes to who you are and to your will for us, your people, Help us not stand in the way of anything you seek to do in us or in this community of faith. And now we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, my guess is that most of you know that the last prophet to do his work, uh, the last book of the Bible is named after him, a guy by the name of Malachi. Malachi will rightly come to his temple. His words, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, like fuller's soap. So Malachi the prophet spoke of the Messiah who was to come and what was expected of the Messiah he would come suddenly into his temple and be like refiner's fire. Now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem in the days of the Passover. The Passover event was about to take place. The Passover was a week-long celebration in remembrance of what God had done for his people when they were in Egypt. You remember the salvation that God had brought them as God freed them from their bondage on that night of Passover and brought them out of Egypt through the Red Sea and on their way to the Promised Land. This time of Passover, as the Jews would gather together, was like a big family reunion. And this was a time to celebrate the goodness of God, to celebrate the salvation of God. But instead, what Jesus found in the temple that day was people seeking to make money off of others, bilking others in this trade of money and trade for animal sacrifice. On the other hand, what he found in the people was their attempts, perhaps, to make themselves acceptable to God by the sacrifices they were offering. Harry Wint writes these words, It has been estimated that in Jesus' day, 9,000 priests and Levites were on staff at the Jerusalem temple. This was big business. 80% of the city's population earned their employment linked to the temple system. Anyone who attacked its sin management system, its salvation marketing system, was asking for trouble. Jesus found a mess in the temple, and Jesus would deal with it. Perhaps you remember a man by the name of Martin Luther. Well, Of course, you all do. And you know, for Martin Luther, a lot of stuff was happening in the church, say, the temple of his day. And you remember that for Luther, the straw that broke the camel's back for him the thing that finally moved him uh, to the point where he could not restrain himself was the indulgences that were being sold. Indulgences, those written guarantees that could be purchased, that assured the buyer that their sins were forgiven, that their time in purgatory had been reduced. Enough is enough, said Luther, and he would not put up with what was happening in God's temple in his day. For salvation cannot be bought. It comes by the grace of God alone. William Barclay writes, Jesus acted as he did to show that no sacrifice can ever put a person right with God. The first reading chosen uh, in our midst for today from 2 Kings chapter 23 that Colin read to us, I don't know if you heard those words when when Colin was reading. I was actually looking at Colin's face to see if uh, he would give some expression of horror at what he was reading. Did you hear all the stuff that was carted out of the temple? Uh, These these poles for different gods, for Baal and Asherah, uh, male cult prostitutes uh, with space inside the temple in Jerusalem. All the stuff that was carted out of the temple, and there are verses that continue on. I just stopped there at verse 7. But there's a whole bunch of extra stuff that's there that was carted out of the temple in Jerusalem. Now, of course, this didn't happen overnight. Maybe deal with it innocuously as they were trying to make sense out of how to deal with another nation who has taken control over their land, namely the Assyrians. But what was once even innocuous became a distraction and finally became destructive to the people. The Passover that was all about the salvation brought about by God and his grace had turned into something entirely different. How dare you turn my father's house into a marketplace Jesus overturns the tables. He makes this cord and forces everyone out of the, house, of the temple of the Lord. Who is this man? Others must have been asking. Well, it is good for us to remember that this here, this place, is the Lord's house before it is our house. And that all that we do here is to bring honor and glory to his name before we make any name for ourselves. The disciples remembered the scripture, the the scripture that said, zeal for thy house has consumed me. Zeal for thy house has consumed me. Now this comes right out of Psalm 69. And right there in Psalm 69 is the experience of one worshiper going up to the house of the Lord. This is the experience of a Jewish person going up to worship. In verse 5 of chapter 69, Psalm 69, the worshiper says this in confession, You know my folly, O God. My guilt is not hidden from you. We could have used those words in confession this morning, right? Coming into this place of worship. So this worshiper Humbles himself before God. He recognizes his own sin. The next verse May those who hope in you not be disgraced because of me, O Lord, the Lord Almighty. May those who seek you not be put to shame because of me, O God of Israel. Do you hear what he's saying? Help me, O Lord, not stand in the way between you and the people that you love. Help me not to become a barrier for others to see your love and your grace. It's a good prayer, right? It's a good prayer. And you can see how this, probably see how this connects to the scene that Jesus comes into at the temple in Jerusalem in his day as what is happening there in the temple grounds are serving as a barrier for people to get to God, serving as a barrier for God to get to the people with his good news. The psalmist continues, For I endure scorn for your sake, and shame covers my face. I'm a stranger to my brothers, an alien to my mother's sons, For zeal for your house consumes me, and the insults of those who insult you fall on me. The psalmist is saying that zeal for God's house, there's nothing higher, there's nothing higher, no greater priority in his life than being there in the house of the Lord, than serving his God. And this has become such a high priority for him that family has taken second place and his family members are not happy with that ordered priority they are attacking him because of his highest priority zeal for thy house has consumed me it's all about that and so when jesus goes into what he calls his father's house and is incensed by what he finds they recall the scripture zeal for thy house Has consumed him. And Jesus has fulfilled, he's filled with meaning this word back in Psalm 69. What sign will you show us that you do these things, that you have authority to do this? And then Jesus says those words. Uh, We will hear him say many things like this in John's gospel, which sort of leave the people. Bewildered and dumbfounded and questioning, what in the world did he just say? What does he mean? Jesus says, destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. And they said, what? What are you talking about? It's taken 46 years to build this temple. And guess what? They had about another 40 to go before it was completed. 46 years and you're going to rebuild it? You're going to destroy it and rebuild it in three days? John, the gospel writer, tells us Jesus wasn't referring to the temple, this physical structure. He was referring to his body. And after his resurrection, the disciples put the pieces together and they remembered this word that he had spoken. This gives us... A clue opens our eyes in the season of epiphany of what's coming for Jesus. Well, the result is, John tells us, that many believed in him, just as we read last week at the wedding of Cana. Many believed in him, beholding the signs he was doing. We don't know exactly what miraculous signs Jesus was doing, but they were sufficient to persuade those who saw them to put their faith in Christ. Well, for us today, it's important for us to ask the question, where is the dwelling place of God? Is it in the temple in Jerusalem? Is it here at Emmanuel Lutheran in this place we call holy, set apart for the worship of God? Is the dwelling place of God in Jesus? as Scripture tells us, that the fullness of deity dwells in him? Is the dwelling place of God in us, the people of God? As the Apostle Paul tells us, our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in us. And what barriers, what clutter do we find where the presence of God is to be found? What clutter would Jesus clear out of his church today? What are the distractions that, become, that can become destructions? What barriers are there that prevent others from coming? Again, William Barclay writes these words. Is there anything in our church life, a snobbishness, an exclusiveness, a coldness, a lack of welcome, a tendency to make the congregation a closed club, an arrogance, a fastidiousness, whatever that is, which keeps the seeking stranger out? Let us remember the wrath of Jesus, he writes, against those who made it difficult and even impossible for the seeking stranger to make contact with God. What clutter! Would Jesus clear out of his church if he were to come into it this day? And what clutter would Jesus clear out of your life? What are the distractions that might become destructions? The barriers that keep others from coming to him? As Christian, you bear his name. What a privilege that is left but what terrific responsibility. We are left in this chapter 2 with closing verses that tell us Jesus was not entrusting himself to any man, for he knew what was in man. He knew what was inside. We have to be vigilant, for it can happen to any one of us. It can happen to our congregation. Let us take care lest our eyes are diverted from the wonderful activity of God and his amazing grace to focus instead on distractions that can become destructions. Let us be sober and to realize that we are dependent on Jesus as individual Christians and as a community of believers for on our own, Human sin, what it is, we cannot be trusted. And let us walk humbly with our God, with eyes fixed on Jesus, the one in whom we find the presence and the salvation of God. Let us pray. O Lord Jesus, as we witness your activity in the Temple of Jerusalem, So we come before you and we pray that you would clear the clutter from our church, that you would clear the clutter from our hearts. Oh Lord, if there are things that are keeping us from following you more fully, if there are things that you find that are keeping others from coming to you because of us, Lord, we pray that you would clear that clutter away, that you would break those barriers down, and that your will would truly be done in us and through us.
0: Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh, oh my soul. I worship his holy name. Sing like sun comes up it's a new day dawn it's time to sing your song again whatever may pass and whatever lies before
1: stand as we continue by confessing our faith I believe in God the Father almighty creator of heaven and earth I believe in Jesus Christ his only son our lord he was conceived by the power of the holy spirit and born of the virgin mary he suffered under pontius pilate was crucified died and was buried And now let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, we thank you for the salvation that you have brought to us in and through our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for his self-sacrifice on our behalf, for removing our sins and for opening the gates of everlasting life. We pray that you would help us to realize that this is what you want to communicate to us and through us. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, we love to take your place. We love to take your seat on the throne. We pray that you would forgive us, that you would humble us, that you would work your will in us and through us. Lord, in your mercy. Oh, Lord God, there are many in our midst who are feeling the deep need of you in their lives for your healing, for your touch of grace. We lift before you on this day Jacob Kirsten. We pray for Sarah and Eliana Hansen, that you would bring healing, for Emma Ashley, for Gina Harris, that you would grant safe travel and healing in her ankle. Lord, in your mercy, Amen. we thank you for the people you have brought here to this place and the gifts that they share. Uh, bless Diane Gonzalez and Mason Jacks as they celebrate their birthdays this day. May they come to know how special they are to you and your amazing grace in their lives. We also give you thanks for Howard and Leona Herrenstein, who celebrate 66 years of married life. Continue to draw them close together in your love, even as you draw them close to yourself. Lord, in your mercy. And we lift before you Christ the Good Shepherd Congregation in San Jose and Pastor Amanda Trushinsky, for the work that is being done inside and beyond their church walls. We pray for the families of those who grieve, including the families of Paul Brobst and Laura Tanner. For Governor Brown, that you would grant strength, wisdom, guidance, and patience. We pray for those who will be served by the meal at the shelter later today, that not only food would be shared, but your love would be made known. And for our missionaries, the Stone family in Turkey, the Pixleys in Croatia, the Wicks in Cartagena, the Shalhubs in the Middle East and North Africa, and the school in Rwanda. We lift them up to you and pray for success in the work that they do as they seek to bring glory to your name. Lord, in your mercy. It is into your hands, O Lord, that we commend all for whom we pray with these words spoken and the silent prayers of our hearts, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. We continue with our offering. Great and eternal God, we offer these gifts in praise and thanksgiving for your presence and love. May these gifts and our lives further the ministries of your church through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And now, here in this place, we remember that in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And again after supper he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin, do this in remembrance of me. We join together in singing our Lord's Prayer.
0: be your name, your kingdom come, your will, give us to on earth as in heaven, give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, save us from the time of trial from evil for the kingdom the power the glory
1: Beloved of God, this is the Lord's table. All who believe and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior are welcome to join in this Holy Communion. Please come at the direction of our ushers.
0: You have my heart, and I am yours forever. You are my strength, God of grace.
1: now the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, to bless you and keep you in his grace, now and forever. Amen. I invite you to stand for the end of our service. I want to thank you all for being here today, for your presence. Uh, You are irreplaceable, Uh, and I also want to encourage you to invite someone uh, to be with you next week. We still have room here at Emmanuel. We want to spread the word, so uh, keep extending the compassionate love of Receive now the blessing for the journey. May the infinite love of our Heavenly Father, the compassionate love of our Savior Jesus, and the persistent love of the Holy Spirit surround you and give you joy. Amen. Our sending song, you're worthy of my praise.
0: just you and Have a good week. Thank you.